Good morning, my old chums, and welcome back to Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Alastair Murden, here to tell another tale about humanity's strange rituals and beliefs. Today, we'll head to the docks for a new kind of superstition, one that can make or break an entire trip. And if you're really lucky, might even help you break a record or two. So bait your hooks and cast a line, cause we're going fishing. Fishermen are notoriously superstitious and for good reason. Skill matters, but only to a point. Once that line is cast, there's only so much you can do for a bite. Much of fishing actually comes down to luck. So naturally, anglers will do almost anything to better their chances. Sometimes they use personal talismans, like a lucky hat or lure. Other times they practice cultural traditions, superstitions passed down through many generations. In America, there are a few common fishing superstitions. Some fishermen cast their lines over their left shoulder or spit on their bait. But perhaps the most well-known involves doing the very opposite of fishing, throwing back a catch your first one to be specific. If you do, you're promised good luck for the rest of the day. And if you don't, well, something dangerous waits in the water. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free exclusively on Spotify. Coming up, we reel in some real bad luck. Julian Hill cast his line into the distance as his grandfather hummed along to the radio. They were out on the lake together in Grandpa Hal's aluminum fishing boat, just like they'd been almost every day all summer. And Julian was already dreading going home. It's not what he expected when his mum sent him to the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Julian thought he'd hate it. He was 14. He should have been sleeping in and playing video games. But he discovered something better than RPGs and first-person shooters, or at least more tangible. Fishing. Julian loved it. On the lake, he wasn't just a kid. He was a man catching actual food. There was nothing more satisfying than holding a wriggling, breathing fish in your hands. One he'd caught himself. He couldn't get enough of it. But there was another part of being out on the water that he loved, both fascinating and terrifying. As he looked over the edge of the boat and into the deep green lake, Julian shivered. He never knew what was below the surface. Just then, he felt a tug on his line. He shot to his feet and started reeling. Moments later, he pulled in a largemouth bass as big as his forearm, the biggest fish he'd caught all summer. Julian whooped in triumph. Look at that, Grandpa Hal shouted. First catch of the day, and she's a beauty. Julian nodded. And I bet it'll taste better than it looks. Grandpa Hal raised an eyebrow. It's the first catch. You know what that means. 
Julian pleaded. You can't make me put this one back. Come on, please. Grandpa Hal cut him off. It doesn't matter how big or small. You could reel in Moby Dick, but it wouldn't matter. You always throw back the first catch. Julian groaned, then unhooked the fish and placed it back in the water. He watched, sullen, as the bass swam off and disappeared. Grandpa Hal patted him on the back. It's for the best, Jules. Otherwise, you're in for a whole lot of bad luck. We gotta be respectful of the water. When you give back the first fish, you're telling nature you're not greedy. What about commercial fishing? Julian challenged. I doubt they're throwing in every first fish they catch. Grandpa Hal scoffed. Some folks fish for nothing but the fish. They get fixated on how much they catch. But others realize that the fish is only part of fishing. And the rest? Julian asked. Grandpa made a sweeping gesture to the water. You're looking at it. Lake Matsunamak has given our family a lot over the years. But you know what happens when you take too much? Grandpa Hal pointed to a cliff topped by a dead willow tree. That's how high the water used to be, but not anymore, because we got greedy. Just then, Julian heard a whistle. He turned. A woman was kayaking in the distance, waving at them. Grandpa Hal gave her a salute. You know that woman back there? Grandpa Hal nodded. That's Leonore Lewis, Leo. She grew up round here, but now she's a biologist. She and I are the only fools out on the water anymore. Grandpa Hal sighed, adjusting his cap. But Leo's not fishing. She's doing studies, taking samples of the water and everything in it. She's hoping to find something to prove Lake Matsunamek should be a nature preserve. Julian looked at his grandpa, confused. Why would she do that? Wouldn't you have to stop fishing if this place was a preserve? That would ruin everything. Grandpa Hal sighed. <sighs> That's right. But it's a sacrifice I'd be glad to make. I'd do just about anything to get Captain Cod out of Matsunomic. Captain Cod? Like the fish sticks? Julian asked. That's the one, Grandpa said gruffly. He pointed to a smokestack in the distance, just beyond one of the beaches. Next to it was a billboard with a cartoon fish dressed as a fisherman. It read, Captain Cod, our boat to your kitchen. Those fat cats moved to town 20 years ago. Grandpa Hal spat in the billboard's direction. Been draining our lakes since. That evening, Julian and Grandpa Hal sat with their lines in the water waiting. Julian remained mad he'd had to throw back his bass, but he'd still managed a decent haul. His grandpa, however, hadn't gotten a single good catch. Suddenly, something hooked. Grandpa Hal reeled in his line and shouted, Bet you a million dollars it's a bluegill! With ease, he pulled it up, and flailing on the hook was exactly what he predicted. 
a puny little bluegill. He gave Julian a wry grin. You want to pay in installments? Julian stared at the fish in disbelief. How do you always know? I don't get it. Grandpa Hal gently unhooked the fish and placed it back in the water. I've been pulling up nothing but bluegills for years. It's my curse. Come on, Gramp. You're not cursed. Grandpa Hal chuckled. Well, maybe not in the fairy tale kind of way. I haven't met any witches or mermaids out here. <laughs> but there is something strange in this water. Julian felt a chill run up his spine. It all started with a very special fish. Got it mounted on the wall in the den. Julian knew the fish he was talking about. It was pale with long, elegant fins, large eyes, and iridescent scales that shimmered blue-green in the light. That fish is Matsunamek's pearly specter, Grandpa Hal explained. My biggest mistake. Julian was confused. Isn't catching something like that the whole point? Grandpa Hal shook his head. When I hooked that fish, I thought it was a once-in-a-lifetime chance. I was so taken by its beauty that I ignored something. It was my first catch of the day. Julian already knew where this was going. You didn't put it back, did you? Grandpa Hal nodded solemnly. That was twenty years ago, the same year Captain Cod moved to town and I've pulled up nothing but minnows since. I swear, it all has something to do with not throwing back my first catch, so I leave that fish on the wall as a reminder. But if I could hook one fish even half as beautiful again, I'd be a happy man. Heck, I'd even release it. Then at least I'd know the water's forgiven me. Julian rolled his eyes. The lake can't be literally mad at you. Grandpa Hal interrupted. It's not the lake I'm talking about. It's what's in it. Grandpa Hal looked around as if someone was listening. Then he leaned in. There are old stories that a creature lives out there. A goliath of a fish big enough to eat a man. And the only way to catch him is with human flesh. When I was a boy, folks said it was the devil in the lake, and if you hooked him, he'd pull you in. But as time went on, people got scientific, thought it was a creature millions of years old, a prehistoric fish from the dinosaur era. Julian looked out to the lake, to the green, murky water. Wait, are you saying... Did anyone ever see it? Grandpa Hal nodded. Some claimed they did, said he was gnarled with a mouthful of lures, but no one ever caught him. It was impossible. Julian cut in. But did you ever try? The old man laughed. <laughs> no, sir. I may be a fool, but I'm a fool who wants to live. You see, I believe he's the king fish, the guardian of the lake. 
The day I didn't throw in my first catch was the day I crossed him. Regretted it ever since. A crack of thunder boomed above them and heavy rain began to pelt the lake. Grandpa Hal grabbed ponchos from the bulkhead. Throw this on, he said, tossing Julian a neon orange poncho. But keep your line in the water. Catfish love the thunder. Julian pulled the poncho over his head, shivering underneath it. But just as he finished dressing, he caught sight of a large shadow below the water. Suddenly, his line jerked, hard. Reel it in easy, Grandpa Hal called out. But the next second, the boat tilted on its side, then jerked back. The line snapped. Grandpa Hal and Julian tumbled into the bottom of the boat. Julian pulled himself up. Grandpa Hal had collapsed beside him. Gramp, are you all right? He asked. Grandpa Hal stared blankly at him, mumbling. Then he went limp. Grandpa? Grandpa, wake up! Julian pleaded. But the old man didn't move. Julian's mind raced. He had to get Grandpa Hal to shore. Julian had never driven the boat, but he had watched his grandfather do it a hundred times. He had to try. Julian ran to the boat's motor to start the engine. It sputtered, then stopped. He pulled the engine cord over and over with everything he had. Nothing worked. Help! Please! Julian cried. His arms burned. Tears ran down his cheeks. Then, suddenly, he felt the boat dip as if someone stepped aboard. A second later, Julian was pushed aside and he heard the pull of the engine cord. Then the motor roared to life. Julian looked up and saw Leo, the biologist, standing tall against the dark sky, like an angel in a rain slicker. Her kayak floated in their wake. Thank you, Julian said. Leo nodded. As Leo drove Grandpa Hal to the hospital, Julian had never felt so helpless. He didn't feel like a man anymore. He felt like a scared little kid. When Leo returned, she sat Julian down and told him what happened. Julian, your grandpa had a serious stroke. He's paralyzed in his left arm now, but he's lucky that you were there. Could have been a lot worse if you weren't. Julian looked down at the carpet in shame. He couldn't even start the boat. He won't be allowed out on the water for a bit, Leo continued. We need to be here for him. But I know how. He'll be back to his old self eventually. We just have to be patient. Grandpa Hal wasn't the same when he came home from the hospital. That hopeful spark in his eye wasn't there anymore. He spent all day in his room smoking cigarettes. Julian felt helpless. Grandpa was always so happy on the water, fishing. Then, Julian had an idea. Over the next few days, he finally taught himself how to man the boat. When he got in the hang of it, he took the boat out alone for the first time. He wanted to bring Grandpa back a huge haul, one that would make him smile. But as the sun rose and not a fish nibbled, that plan was looking hopeless. Until finally, his hook snagged something. 
Julian shot to his feet, reeling in the line. He brought it in closer and closer until finally he lifted it out of the water and gasped. Squirming on the end of his pole was a pale, long-finned fish, almost ghost-like in appearance. In the sunlight, its iridescent scales flashed like opals. Julian stared at it wide-eyed. The pearly spectre, he whispered. He filled a bucket with lake water and placed it into the pail. He was bringing this one home for Gramps. But as Julian revved up the boat and turned towards shore, he didn't see a large green fin break the surface. It was as if something was observing him, watching as he sped off his first catch in a bucket. Coming up, Julian meets the king of Matsunamak Lake. What could be more shocking than uncovering the deep, dark secrets behind history's biggest stories? Realizing that everything you thought was true was a lie. Hi, it's Carter from the ParCast series, Conspiracy Theories. Every Monday and Wednesday, take a closer look at the blurred line between fact and fiction and discover that there may be more to the so-called truth than you think. From the government's link to Bigfoot and the otherworldly secrets of the Vatican, to the Grateful Dead's role in the spread of LSD, and more. On Conspiracy Theories, we leave no stone unturned and no skeptic unheard. Some may just be outlandish claims. Others may make you rethink everything. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories. Listen free only on Spotify. Now, back to the story. As soon as he got home, Julian ran up the porch steps. He wouldn't have dreamed he'd snag Lake Matsunamak's rarest fish on his first solo fishing trip, but he did. And on the first catch, too. Julian looked at the bucket containing the pearly spectre and smiled. He couldn't wait to see the look on his grandpa's face. Gramp, I caught something! Come look! He shouted. A moment later, Grandpa Hal lumbered out of the house, cradling his bad arm, paralyzed from his stroke. Julian pointed at the bucket. Grandpa Hal peered into the large pail of lake water and his eyes went wide. He looked up at Julian in awe. My God, it, is that what I think it is? Julian couldn't stop grinning. Matsunamak's pearly spectre caught it this morning. Grandpa Hal's face split into a smile, his first in days. Then he began to laugh. <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd ever see one of these ever again. He shook his head in disbelief. Well done, Jules. Maybe there is still life in this lake. Julian beamed. Not bad for a 14-year-old, huh? And on my first catch, too. As the words left his mouth, Julian's heart stopped. 
Grandpa Hal looked up. His expression darkened. Julian Hill, haven't I taught you anything? That's the kind of mentality that's draining our lake. The reason Leo's out there every day scouring for something to save it. That fish isn't for us. Put it back. Julian's heart sank. But I, I brought it here for you. What if it's your last chance? You said you wanted to catch... The old man cut him off. You caught this, Julian. You caught it, and you should have put it back. Hot tears filled Julian's eyes. You're right, Gramp. It's my catch, not yours. And I'll decide what to do with it. That night, Julian lay awake in the attic, his mind churning. Should he keep the spectre or put it back? He'd caught something rare. If you find treasure, you don't just throw it away. Maybe he thought he'd keep it, get it stuffed so he could show everyone back at home, take back something good from this waste of a trip. Julian's focus shifted to the sound of the lake outside. It was strange. The water was never that loud. It should have been peaceful, but it tormented him. Grandpa Hal's words echoed in Julian's ears. That fish isn't supposed to be here. It's not for us. Julian sat up. Gramp was right. He had to release it. Right where he found it. Julian set out for the water. A lantern in one hand, the bucket with the pearly spectre in the other. He moved quickly, wanting to get it over with. But as he approached the dock, he froze. The water was higher, much higher. It came up past the long dock until it lapped against the house's stilts. And there, waiting by the water's edge, was the boat. For a moment, he considered turning around. Something about the water looked unnatural. But he'd gone all the way out there. He couldn't turn back. Julian took a deep breath and climbed inside the boat. Out on the water, Julian marveled at how different the lake looked at night. The water, which was deep green in the day, shone like a mirror under the full moon, reflecting the blue-black sky. In the bucket, the pearly spectre almost glowed. Julian hoisted it up and walked to the edge of the boat. We're here. Time for you to go home, he said. Then, out in the distance, something moved. Some 20 feet away, huge ripples formed on the water's glassy surface. Curiosity got the best of him. He set down the bucket, picked up his pole, and cast a line. Julian waited, his eyes trained on the spot. When his pole finally tugged, his hand shot to the reel. He began to wind it back. Steadily, he reeled the fish in closer. When it was just 10 feet from the boat, the reel stopped. The fish was holding the line tight, yet it wasn't moving. What in the world? Julian stood to get a closer look, but as he got to his feet, the boat started to drift. He gasped. The fish was towing the boat. He couldn't understand it. 
How was that possible? Unless... Unless it was huge. As the boat was towed out further and further, he found he recognized the lake even less. The landscape seemed to change, and then there was no land at all. Something was wrong. The lake wasn't this big. Then the boat stopped. Julian looked to the water and gasped. The entire lake was luminescent, and just beneath the surface, silhouetted by its glow, was the most enormous fish he'd ever seen. It was bigger than him. It was bigger than the boat. Julian lunged for his knife to cut the line, but before he could grab it, his pole jerked forward and the boat overturned. A swarm of bubbles rushed past Julian's face as he plunged into the glowing waters. He flailed his limbs, trying to swim to the surface, but just as he was running out of air, the massive fish swam toward him. In the water, it seemed even larger. It had the body of a catfish, but with deep emerald scales. Its flesh was riddled with scars, its fins ripped and jagged. Streaming from its mouth was a collection of lures glinting in the lake's glow. The fish sidled over to Julian, revealing enormous human-like eyes. Then it spoke. Hello, Julian. Julian went to scream and realized he could breathe. The giant catfish continued. Doesn't feel good being where you don't belong, does it? Julian stuttered in fear. I... I didn't mean to be here. No. No, you didn't, did you? You meant to catch me. Tell me, what were you going to do when you reeled in such an impressive catch? Keep me in a bucket? Julian's heart stopped. The fish knew. His next words tumbled from his lips. You're... you're the kingfish. The massive creature smiled. A chill rolled down Julian's spine. Perhaps. Whatever I am, I know what goes on in my waters. And I know you've broken my laws. Please, Julian pleaded. I was going to put it back. Please don't eat me. The kingfish's expression darkened. There are rules in these waters, and you, Julian Hill, have ignored them in the words of your elders. You have taken more than you need. Hasn't this lake given your kind enough? Julian's heart sank. It was true. In his pride, he kept the pearly spectre and ignored his grandpa's lessons. And then... He'd almost done it again. Julian's eyes stung with tears. I understand. Please. I want to make it right. The kingfish narrowed its human-like eyes, considering. The lake doesn't give second chances, Julian Hill. But perhaps there is something. Julian opened his mouth to ask what. He'd do anything. But the massive fish spoke first. There's no need to ask. You'll know what to do. 
Julian woke up, gasping for air. He looked around wildly, but he was no longer in the strange lake with the kingfish. He was in his bed at the lake house. He took a deep breath, relieved. That's when he remembered. The pearly spectre. Julian trudged to the boat as fast as he could, hauling the bucket containing the spectre. He was putting it back, for real this time. But just as he was making his way to the dock, someone whistled behind him. It was Leo. Hey Jules, what's in the bucket? Julian stopped on the dock, scrambling for an explanation, but Leo had already strode up to him. It, it's nothing, he blurted. Before he could finish, Leo's mouth fell open. Oh my god. Julian, did... Did you catch this? His face went hot with shame. Yeah, but I'm putting it back. Leo burst out laughing. Julian froze. When she recovered, there were tears in her eyes. Julian, do you know what you just found? I thought your grandpa caught the last one all those years back, but you found it. A rare, endangered fish. This is what I've been looking for to make our case against Captain Cod. Julian gripped the bucket. But you can't take it. You've got to understand, I have to put it back. Don't worry, we will, trust me. Leo dug through her backpack and brought out a device no bigger than a pill. This is a tag. All you have to do is attach it to the fin like this. Leo reached into the bucket and gently held the spectre. She turned to Julian. Here, you try. With that, Leo guided Julian's hand into the bucket. Together, they adhered the tag to the spectre's fin. It went on quick. The tagging was easier than unhooking a fish. You're a natural. Now she can go home. Okay? Julian nodded. I'm ready. Together, they hauled the bucket to the end of the dock, then dipped it into the water. Julian watched the ghost-like fish glide out, disappearing into the lake. Leo turned to Julian. You just discovered a species. Any ideas on a name? Julian grinned. Same thing it's always been. Matsunamax Pearly Spectre. That year, Leo successfully made a case for Lake Matsunamak to become a protected preserve. Captain Cod's operations were immediately halted. No one could touch the home of the rare pearly spectre. Julian never told Grandpa Hal about his dream with the kingfish. After all, Grandpa had made peace with his new life on the water. Instead of hooking bluegills, he helped Leo catch and track the lake's various species. It wasn't fishing per se, but it was something of a sport nonetheless. But that summer, the week before the lake was officially designated as a preserve, Julian returned to Grandpa Hal's for one last fishing trip. Julian brought in his line as Grandpa Hal hummed along to the radio. A minute later, he'd reeled in a beautiful trout, the first catch of the day. He unhooked it 
and held it up admiringly. Grandpa Hal turned to him, eyebrows raised. Julian sighed. I know, I know. I'm just looking at it. A moment later, something bumped the bottom of the boat, sending the slick fish out of Julian's hands and back into the water. Julian watched the fish swim away, but as he did, he saw something else swim out from under the boat. A deep green catfish, maybe the biggest one he'd ever seen, and glinting from its head was a mouthful of lures. Julian looked up in awe. Grandpa Hal was watching it too. When the catfish had swum away, the old man turned to Julian and winked. Many fishing rituals stem from ancient beliefs in water spirits. To fish safely, these beings must be kept happy. Some fishermen do this by making an offering, others by proving they aren't greedy, which is where we get throwing back the first catch. For centuries, returning the first fish to the water was thought to be done as a token of respect. The question is, who exactly are they trying to please? One answer comes from the seaside town of Brighton on the coast of England. There, an old legend was passed among fishermen of the King of Fishes, a gigantic, mythical fish said to be the protector of its kind. But anyone who caught this tremendous specimen would be wise to put it back, because legend had it that if they didn't, they were doomed to a watery grave. Few fishermen today are aware of these origins, though they still believe in the superstition. Maybe out of tradition, but perhaps there's more to it. After all, the angler community is known to be avid supporters of natural conservation, providing millions to wildlife programs and conservation efforts. So maybe this is a sign of respect to the ever-providing waters. A bid to spirits that could take it all away. Thanks for listening to Superstitions. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free, exclusively on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Superstitions was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Stacey Nemec and Greg Castro, and fact-checking by Anya Bailey. I'm Alastair Murden. 